from my school, the only thing that stopped our shooter was an armed police officer that was on campus. Recorded from West Palm Beach, Florida, you are listening to The Sound of Dow with your host, Vince Dow. Okay, folks, what's going on? I'm out here in beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida. And today on the podcast, we have a very special guest and a very wonderful interview because I'm out here. You know, I got to talk to people. So here's a quick introduction to today's guest. You guys are going to really like this. So if you were following politics back in 2018, surely you remember March for Our Lives. Following the Parkland shooting, which was a tragedy in which most of the nation still knows about and still remembers, a group of left-wing student activists called March for Our Lives, led by people like David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez, started to create a mass campaign for gun control. And they were immediately praised and paraded around by the mainstream media. And at the same time, the mainstream media was simultaneously doing plenty to help their agenda, constantly giving coverage to mass shooting after mass shooting, and then giving these activists a platform in order to speak and try to campaign for the Democratic Party for the midterm elections that year. And yet, despite the constant coverage of school shootings and mass shootings in general that year, one such mass shooting that is of significant size we're not talking about a small scale event here is swept completely under the rug and often forgotten about by most people ladies and gentlemen i am talking about the santa fe school shooting in texas despite constant non-stop media coverage of mass shootings that year this shooting in which 10 people tragically died so we're not talking about a, a tiny mass shooting here this is this was the second biggest school shooting behind parkland that year barely got any media coverage or or any discussion around it in the days following this shooting. And the question is, why? Well, there's a simple answer. That's right. A good guy with a gun stopped a bad guy with a gun. Because the Santa Fe school shooting did not fit the narrative of the mainstream media. Following the shooting, March for Our Lives activists attempted to take advantage of the situation by holding a mass pro-gun control rally in Santa Fe, Texas. But instead of being embraced with open arms as they expected, the students in the community of Santa Fe overwhelmingly rejected and pushed out the March for Our Lives activists. We immediately made it very clear that they could take all of their protests to Houston, but they were not coming to Santa Fe. Despite mainstream media caricatures about what young people and survivors of school shootings were supposed to look like, this community asserted that they still remained strong supporters of the Second Amendment, and the media was not happy about that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, considering all of the coverage that the media has given to activists like David Hogg, and considering the fact that, as you guys know, and as I've talked about, March for Our Lives has a special place in my heart because it's what got me into politics, Today on The Sound of Dow, we have a very special guest. On May 18th, 2018, I lost my favorite substitute teacher to an armed shooter. Meet Layla Butler. Layla attended Santa Fe. She was there at school and experienced the shooting on the day that it happened. And yet, despite all of that, she's a conservative activist who is a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. Considering that it's only fair that opposing voices are given a platform today, on the podcast we had a great discussion about gun control what happened that day what it was like and just overall her political experiences and beliefs ladies and gentlemen meet the anti-david hog ladies and gentlemen meet layla butler okay folks and welcome back to the sound of dow today i am here with a very special guest layla butler how are you doing i'm good how are you i mean your voice is a little bit uh COVID-y. It's been a long week. It's. I think you're infecting me probably as we speak. But I mean, uh, taking the risk, taking the risk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, so Layla, I think you have a very interesting story because 
March for Our Lives is actually the very reason why I got into politics, like doing this, because mm-hmm. I was like, it, there was a one positive aspect of it, which it showed, hey, young people can get involved just for the completely wrong reason, right? But they, I remember they sort of created this objective truth that if you've been through a school shooting, then that's why you support gun control. And we were there, we saw it, and so you have no opinion because you weren't there. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? I completely think that's the exact, like, mindset that a lot of those people have is that because the former, like, most of the places that school shooting happens are in very liberal counties. And so Mm -hmm. most of the students who are in those counties lean very liberal. And so if that's the only point of view that you're seeing, oftentimes that's the only thing that gets spread. And so a lot of people just think that's what every single high school student who's been through a shooting believes. Um, And so what, what was it like? Were you, were you at school that day? What yeah, was I was at school it? that yeah. day. What was it like that day? So I was actually on the other side of the building, um, praise the Lord. So it happened in the fine arts wing. I was mm-hmm. actually like literally on the complete opposite side of the building. So for me, I was just sitting in class, you know, the fire alarm went off and it was really weird because most of the time our school would let us know when we had fire drills. So, you know, my teacher had no idea. We all just evacuated the building. We started going outside and we had seen a lot of panicked faces on most of the teachers. They were really confused. Mm-hmm. Like, we were really confused because it wasn't like a normal reaction. And pretty quickly we realized that like something wasn't right because normally, you know, with fire drills, you stand outside in the grass until you hear over the PA, like, oh, you can come back in. But we were getting told, like, run across the highway, like get as far as you can from the building. Like if you could tell that something was wrong. And like, so for me, I didn't even hear gunshots. Like that's how far away I was. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was the time that I got outside. But like I got probably the least out of it possible, which is like, like I said, praise the Lord, like, cause I could have been so much closer, but I know for a lot of people who were a lot closer, you know, they were going out the backside of the building towards where he actually was. And, you know, you're getting questioned by police and you're dumping out your backpack and like, you're having to take everything with you because they don't know who's doing what. So. That must be absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, you lived through it. I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. David Hogg, interestingly, I don't believe he was even at school that day. That's definitely a topic of debate from what I understand. But he uh, he's become this main advocate. And he probably uses more fallacies than anyone I've ever seen support gun control. He creates this objective truth. We were there. You have no opinion. And you fallacies were there. trick people. That's uh-huh. the thing is that people can't see through them most of the yep. time. You were there. And when this hell happened... Did you magically become a blue-haired gun control supporter? <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, it's kind of that thing. It's where you have to figure out what you were raised to believe and what you believe and how all of that plays into what happens in your life. Because was I raised in a conservative town as a Christian kid in a Christian family, you know, believing that guns are good? Yes. But you don't always have to take what you were raised to believe and mm-hmm. believe that. Did I do that? Yes. But also in the same breath, it's like you have to take what you believe and figure out like with the real world experiences, if that is still applicable. And a lot of people don't do that. So, so I remember, um, I remember hearing this story that basically March for Our Lives tried to weave their little weaselly asses into your town, <laughs> yes, and you just ran, basically ran them out of Texas. Yes. <laughs> we, told, we were like, you can take it to Houston, because Houston's, you know, uh-huh. the closest major city, and, you know, major cities are most of the time very blue. Yeah. So we told them, take it to Houston, but you're not coming here. Like, you're not So gonna, how, how did that go? Like, did they, They're they not going to get the warm welcome that they wanted. So they tried to do a march in your town? or what? Yeah, yeah they did, but uh-huh. they obviously didn't end up doing it, because they knew that they were going to get probably like four supporters if I had to guess and it's the Uh incoming freshmen that have been brainwashed into thinking that you know whatever they're seeing on social media 
So what do you say to the people who say that the solution to all these problems is gun control? And, you know, we, we've, already, we've already established that their whole you don't care about the kids thing is, right. is just nonsense. But then on an argument, so once we get that out of the way, right. and I think that's why it's great that, you know, you're here and you're this, you're political mm-hmm. activist because they try to play these games, right? They try yeah. to say, if you know, well, look at David Hogg. He's a school shooting victim. That wasn't there that day, but that doesn't matter. Uh, he, he has, that's why his right. opinion matters the most. So once we get that out of the way, what do you say to those people? So for me, I can't speak on other schools mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't have the same yeah. knowledge that I do in other other schools but from my school the only thing that stopped our shooter was an armed police officer that was on campus so we have armed we have a division of the city police that is specifically at the high school and so they're armed and they bravely ran into the direction of fire while everyone was running away and they were able to get him down so the simple fact that a good gun stopped a bad gun like that's it Mm -hmm. like you could go into more but that's the only reason that if those police officers hadn't been there to get him down who knows how far into the building he got, how many more people he could have injured, killed, like death toll would have been so much higher just for the sole fact of someone hadn't ran in that same direction. Well, I think that's what's so ironic about this is that March for Our Lives is also against school police. Really? I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that actually. Yeah, so David Hogg, all of them, they were saying, because they were talking about putting more cops in schools and they're like, no, because you got to remember, it's all about intersectionality. Right. So it's not just March for Our Lives, there's also Black Lives Matter involved and they're, they're intertwined, you know, and, there was this debate in my school district. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I live in a communist school district, <laughs> but there was this debate where they were going to take, uh, they were going to abolish the school police. And I remember I was at this, it was a pro school police rally, but they were mm-hmm. counter protesters. I go up to talk to them. I'm like, I looked at this kid and mm-hmm. he had, he's like, he, he's a, he's a guy and he dyed his hair pink. So I was like, I know you were, you, I know you, uh, you marched and marched for life. Right, too. Right. <laughs> Safe to say. Okay. Not, but a, then, not a big leap. But then I asked him, I was like, you were there two years ago. Right. We had walkouts all across the district. Do you not remember that? Right. I was like, are you are you are you dumb? Like <laughs> you were out here saying early on said dementia. Keep, keep us safe from school right. shootings, but take the school police out of schools. I was like, idiot. Who do you think is gonna stop if that happens? When you take police out, you know who becomes the front line, the teachers, and you know who's not trained to stop literal people who are coming in to kill teachers. Their job is to educate, not to try and save lives. Like. That's adding on so much to their job that they don't need to be worrying about. Like, I mean, that, that's what they. But they they exploit the the issue, whatever it is. So, 2018, there was a midterm election. Right. So you have to exploit the dead kids. Then in a, and it in, was a big year for that. So yeah. they really took it and ran yeah. with it. Honestly. 2020, you know, you exploit the black people killed by cops. It doesn't even matter to them if it's logically consistent Mm-mm. what they're saying. Like, it's what's right stop now. Stop school shootings. But abolish the school police. You know, in my school district now, um, I've graduated since then. I was graduated in 2020. But in these past couple of months, my school district actually made it to where teachers on campus can actually carry. So it's one, of those, it's one of those programs where, you know, students don't know who's carrying and who's not carrying. Teachers have to go through extensive training that to already have had their CHL, if I'm not mistaken. Like, it's a very well thought out process. You know, had it happened a little earlier, could we have avoided this? Yes, but... Better late than never, you know. But obviously we're taking steps where they've realized, okay, maybe guns aren't bad. You know, we were never really in a position in my school district where we thought guns were the problem because, you know, that's just not really the town that I live in. But my school district has now taken the steps to make sure that we have more than just these amazing police officers, that everyone has the opportunity to make sure that they can save a life if they if that's what they choose to do. Well, I think, you know, the, the problem is that, People, and I was talking about this on another podcast that you guys will find out later. But 
The problem is that people, they look for the convenient answers to things, and they, they also like the idea that the government can solve everything, which they can't. So the they, they think it's much more convenient for them to say, well, if the government just gets rid of guns, they'll stop the shootings. It's much harder to say, which is the pro-gun stance, which is that this is still going to happen. Right. And people don't want to hear that. But it's still going to happen. Now, how can we minimize it? See, the thing right? is with at my school, um, our shooter, he was, I believe, 17. Mm -hmm. um, and he had not legally purchased those firearms. He had stolen them from his dad. So they weren't legally obtained. So mm -hmm. by outlawing this, who else? You could just go steal them from someone like these... Criminals have a way of getting around and get to do whatever they want. Like, it's not, laws don't solve every single issue. There's got to be some logic behind it. But. So how, how was the uh, how was the experience after that? Because I think it's pretty interesting. So What aspect do you want so, to talk yeah, about? So, yeah, <laughs> uh, so, well, we'll just go in steps. So, like, when you, I guess, came back to school. So, what was, we actually didn't go back that school year. Wow. It was um, mid, late May. Mm -hmm. So, the school year was over in about two and a half weeks. So, we ended up actually not going back. Um, but by the time we had gone back in the next fall, you know, our school had equipped, we had panic buttons in every room that would like alert the police and all of you know, emergency services. We had metal detectors. We had a lot more um, on-campus staff that were doing like searches, you know, that kind of thing. Like when you go through the metal detector, they search your bag if you go off, that kind of thing, you know, especially one thing that all of our doors now, like in the school, if you open one and you don't like, you know how teachers can swipe out? Mm -hmm. If you don't swipe out, if you open a door, an obnoxious alarm goes off and the camera starts recording so they can see who's coming in and out. So they've taken a lot of safety precautions to like try and make sure something like this doesn't happen again because they know, you know, we live in a great city, but you never know. There's not always great people. And then what made you, you know, I, I don't know if you were politically involved before, but is that what like made you want to get into it? Or so did, were I got really... mostly involved in like the 2016 election, but mm -hmm. I would definitely say this pushed me off a lot because I knew what you, I you stood saw for. A mar you saw a march for our lives, basically. I knew what I stood for, yeah. and I knew what I believed before then, but I had gotten so frustrated with just, it had literally washed over every single viewpoint of anyone who didn't believe what March for Our Lives had believed, mm -hmm. and I was tired of seeing it because... Honestly, I think that most people don't know about the Santa Fe High School shooting because of our gun beliefs. You know, and it was the second biggest shooting of the year. Eight, exactly. Eight like, kids, right? Um, ten, ten. Eight kids. So it was ten total, eight kids, two teachers, uh, and then yeah. 13 injured. But most people have never even heard of it because when media Because it wasn't out, politically convenient. It because, wasn't politically convenient. Yeah. They couldn't use us to push this agenda. And so they said, okay, well then, why not? We just won't talk about it then. And that's that's disgusting, you know. You can't just glaze over these things because you don't agree with whatever these people believe in. It's still a traumatic experience no matter what, and these are things that we need to shine light on. What, what did you think of the media reaction? What was the media reaction to it? Because I, I remember it, it came, it was like a news for a day, and it just disappeared. So and they had come... For a couple days, um, and they had just lined up, and they were just on the other side of the highway just as much as they could. Um, and then after that, once they, like, realized pretty early, like, they just stopped coming, you know. Um, some major news outlets had reached out to me, like, on the day of, uh -huh. you know, to get interviews, like, kind of like the day as it was happening so yeah. they could keep that step by step. But after that, there was really never anything, you know. I... I definitely tried to look into, like, seeing, because I knew that March for Our Lives had gotten, those students had gotten such an opportunity to, like, speak about their beliefs mm -hmm. and, you know, share their point of view and their experiences. And it wasn't that I wanted, I didn't want the light. I just wanted to be able to, like, give myself and my other, like, mm -hmm. my fellow peers the opportunity to, to say, like, listen, not every teenager believes this, but nobody was given the opportunity because it wasn't a political agenda that was wanting to be pushed. No, the, the, the media is disgusting, you oh, know, for and sure. for them to pretend, like, it just didn't happen. I remember this this journalist from CNN got mad that someone, a journalist from New York Times, was called by some conservative mm -hmm. to be 
just working for the Democratic Party, and they tried to, how dare you call our free press those types of names? That is an esteemed journalist. Right. How dare you? No, you're straight up doing it. Yeah. Okay, you're straight up doing it because if they, if they were objective, they would realize, like, this was a huge mass shooting. You know, yeah. and I saw mass shootings. I think were smaller that year. Get more coverage than the damn Santa Fe shooting. No one even remembers exactly. the Santa Fe shooting. Exactly, you know? and it's not necessarily like for me. It's not necessarily like oh, you know, no one knows about the shooting. Like no one knows what I went uh-huh. through. It's the fact that regardless of our our beliefs, this should these lives should be remembered and these lives uh-huh. should be known. But no one does, and that's hard, especially for the families who did lose lives. Like, yeah, it's disgusting to see that no one knows about this just because we don't believe that guns are bad. What's it been like? Like you for I know you've been. You sort of made a name for yourself off of that, right? How, how is a it? Bit. A little bit, a little bit. You were <laughs> you were in a, a little NRA mini little, documentary, little NRA right? Interview. But um, ultimately, do you ever, do you ever want to like, get involved in politically? You know, like. So I'm actually a government major, mm-hmm. so that's long term. That's definitely the goal. You know, I'd love yeah. to be involved somewhat in the political sphere in the United States government, but it's just based on the opportunities I get. But I think with the experiences that I have in my life, like you know, the shooting and then mm-hmm. just everything else that has made me me, I feel like. I feel like that's what I want to do is I want to be able to go into government and make a difference for like for good because most of the young people that you see in government are very liberal and they're mm-hmm. brainwashing all of these children who have no idea what they're just seeing what they see on Twitter and they say okay well AOC said it that must it must be fact and so I think that's something that I definitely want to get into because I'm so passionate about the experiences that I've had and I want to just take them and I want to make a change for the better or at least what I believe is the better. It is the better. Don't worry. It's <laughs> subjective truth. <laughs> now, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's really important because someone needs to stand up for, like us, like con- conservative kids, and they they just completely push our stories under the rug, you know. And it's 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 really sad because they're alienating such a large population of this country. It really is. That it, it's it's funny because they 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 say they hate Trump so much, right? But if they really cared about stopping people, like you have to understand why Trump won, right. like why Trump is there. Okay, Trump is there. Be, and the reason why Trump is there, not just random establishment Republican. Okay, is because you just been they've been alienating this whole population. Whether they, whether right. it's they're a bunch of racists, they're a bunch of rednecks, they're they're hillbillies. Or they just Whatever don't exist. Name you call they them. don't exist. They're just not there. Right. The more you try to push us under the rug, the more you say, "Well, this school shooting matters, but this one doesn't." Right. The more you know. It really feels the fire. It really does feel the fire. What would you like to say to March for a Life if you could have them directly? I mean, I you know. That's a good one. Yeah. I think I would say some. I don't know exact words, but I would definitely say something along the lines of, you know. Feel free to say whatever you want and fight for your rights. You know, I am a firm believer of you don't have to agree with me. Just know what you want and know what you stand for Mm -hmm. and fight for that. So I think fight for what you want, but don't act like you're the only opinion and that what you believe is the only whole heart truth because oftentimes we're not right. You know, Mm -hmm. we're human. We make mistakes. We have, we have like fallacies and we have gaps in logic. So I would just say fight for what you believe, but don't brainwash people into thinking that that's the only path of thought because it's not. So you're you're at Liberty now, right? Liberty University. You're kind of lucky in a way, because um, you never had to deal with uh like what do I have to deal with. No, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's 
it, it's it's almost a trip to me to almost like even see that something like liberty exists. Oh my you gosh! Know, because it's a little piece of heaven on earth. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I've always grown up in this world where like I've always been the minority, right? You know, and well, no, no not always because I used to be a liberal, but right. like, well, thank the Lord, you're not. <laughs> but I feel like when more of us need to actually come together and form majorities you know because it's like that's the biggest problem i see with organizing you know like i even with the the school shooting thing there was a thing called march for our rights i don't know if you, you knew that i don't think i heard of that one okay yeah so there's a thing called march for our you know march for our lives mm-hmm. march for our rights right and it, it was in no shortage mm-hmm. of second amendment defenders right it just never took off because we just don't organize the same way the left right. does. You know, we, we, if we wanted to, like you saw what we did in the Virginia Capitol earlier this year. Oh yeah, I remember and, that. And you know, Michigan during the lock, like we can, we have, we can do it. Right. But we just, for too long, I feel like, haven't had the energy or the motivation or just the ability to organize that way. Like Some remember, just March for Our Lives was one of the biggest protests in oh American history. We could do that. Right. I mean, there, there are how many guns in this country? I think there's more guns than people in this country oh, or close far. to that, right? I believe that. And so all we have to do is really just stand up for ourselves, you know, but it, it or but not just do it by ourselves because it's like, I always, oh, I'm out here counter protest. No, right. we need to get together and actually do that, right. you know, and I think we can make a real change because the arguments for gun control make no sense. Right. Okay. They're, they're logically inconsistent. That, that's actually what, that was the one thing that like turned me into conservative because I heard this, I heard both sides because I had an open mind, mm-hmm. and I was like, this makes no sense. The arguments for gun control make no sense. Right. It, it, it's it's based off the idea. It goes back and forth. It's, it's only, whatever's yeah. convenient at the time, all, typically. All it is, it's, it's simply based off the idea that you can, if you remove bad stuff from society, it removes bad people, which it just doesn't. It okay? doesn't. It just doesn't. You know, that's it. So, I, like, I, I, saw, I found this page on Instagram called mm-hmm. March for Our Rights, and it was an actual organization. Really? But it's got like like eight thousand followers. They had a little mini. The they had a little mini table at downtown LA once, and I was like, "Come on, dude! Like, yeah. there are so many people that could do this. Uh, right. We just need to stand up and, and actually say it." You know? Yeah, I agree. But yeah. Anyways, Layla, thank you for coming on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I think you have a really interesting story, <laughs> and um, I think you know you should tell it more often because it'll 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 really get some people thinking. Because there's a lot of people who genuinely think. You know, the school shootings, it's an objective issue about gun control, which is not, you know, and a lot of us are not in a position to stand up and say, no, what the hell? Right. But, you know, you are. So I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. I'll see you guys next time. Peace.